afternoon and welcome to Post to Post. And we are back. It has been the qualifying round and the first round. I'm a little later than we all expected. The first round kind of just caught up on us, I think. You know, the six to five to six games a day, you know, it, it takes a lot out of you. Yeah, you kind of lose track of what's been going on. Qualifying round ended, what, about a week and a half ago? It's, it's going about. a lot faster than everyone thought but because they are trying to get all those games in at once. So there's about there's two series left that are unfinished in the first round. And they who knows, they could come to an end by uh, by the morning. They definitely could. With the two series left are we have Montreal versus Philadelphia. Uh, Philly leads that series 2-1. to one, And in the West, Vancouver versus St. Louis, where Vancouver leads three to two both of those series will could conclude tonight but i think at least one of them is gonna go seven if not both of them. yeah i would my personal opinion i'd i'd say blues canucks would go seven i didn't think blues canucks would even be anywhere near seven i thought the blues were gonna steamroll the canucks but hey i'm sure the blues aren't ready to give up yet so they're not gonna need to force seven to have a shot at a repeat. I, you know what? I, I've been watching the Blues, and like the thing is, like those games start at ten thirty on a good day. So like those yeah. are the ones that you don't end up really getting to watch most of the time. But like I did stay up for the, I think it was Game Four, where it was good. But I don't know, Saint like Saint Louis, like one day they'll look like the defending Stanley Cup champions, and the other day they'll look like the Blues of old, where they just they don't look good. So I'd be interested to see. I do think St. Louis could take that to seven, but I think Philly and Montreal probably is going to end tonight. If if it doesn't end and Montreal wins, I could see Montreal taking it in a game seven, but I, that's a little far-fetched, I would think. Yeah, I mean, I don't expect this to go to seven, but if the Canadians win tonight, you, they have all the momentum. They were down 3-1 somehow fought the way back into a game seven that's that's going to push the momentum in their favor but still I, I still didn't think this was going to be as good a series as it is like on paper I know it's a lot different than on the ice but on paper the Flyers are not this good I don't know how they got the one seed I don't I don't know how they ended up in the the round robin they're they're like maybe two or three players and that's that's it yeah, I think it's a matter of if you look at – I think as I've noticed it with other teams, and we'll get to that when we look over the first round, um, a lot of teams, the break either helped them a lot or it hurt them a lot. And I think Philly was one of those teams that benefited from having that nice break and getting everybody arrested and saying, hey, why can't we do this? And I think winning the round robin against all these teams who are basically – or basically like the top tier of the Eastern Conference – really did help them so I, I think that they're I think almost legit I think it really depends on who they play in the second round to see if they could really make a, a run for it but I do see them most likely beating Montreal but I you know what I, I've also noticed like with this whole tournament like there's don't count anybody out because we've seen some crazy stuff already so we might as well just hope for the best and enjoy the hockey that we have so Let's jump back all the way. I want to talk about the news before we get into the first round series. And there's only one piece of news. I bet you do want to talk about this one piece of news. 
Mostly because I had no, I, I, I can guarantee you, I'm sitting on my couch, not in a million years did I expect that ping pong ball to come up. So the Rangers have won the draft lottery. They will select first overall in the draft in October. Won the draft lottery. <laughs> yeah, no, you, I've, I, I've seen the theories. The ball was heavier. You know, it was, it was meant Before to be. The longer so even, more, even before it came up, he's like, that, that ball looks heavier. It does. He dropped it. You know, that, that, it's confirmed that the Rangers were, were, were handed that pick. Like, uh, okay, Let, let's, let's, let's be honest. If the Devils can get two first overall picks in the last four years, the Rangers getting a second overall pick and a first overall pick is not that insane. But yeah, I but think I, I don't like that. I'm I like when the Oilers or the Leafs get the first pick, but the Leafs almost I mean, had it. The Leafs almost got it. I know either way I would have had to hear about it. Being an Islanders fan, it would have been like, oh great, now they have the first overall pick too, and they have Tavares. I would so either way I'd have to hear about it, but this way I have to hear about it less, but I have to ultimately deal with it more. Yeah, I think I was – like, come on. There was no way – like, out of all the time – like, there was no honest-to-God way I went going into that saying, oh, we're going to come out with a first-overall pick. No, I was really hoping it would have went to, like, you know, Florida or Winnipeg because they could genuinely use the t- that franchise-changing talent. But, or even if it went to, like, Minnesota because they yeah. definitely need franchise talent. But, you know, to see – I was glad it wasn't Pittsburgh – Oh, me too. I was like, they don't need anything else. You know, you guys didn't need that pick. Heck, I, it's re- it really sucks because if you really think about it, there was no way any of those teams would have had a chance if not for the pause. That's the one thing you have to, like, consider. Yeah, this kind of screwed up the whole draft lottery, but I still I still feel the worst for Detroit. They somehow oh. got screwed into the what, – what do they have, the four pick? Yeah, which, you know what, I'll, I'll be honest, like the way this draft is set up and the way the, the talent in this draft, you know, at fourth, you're still going to get a really like solid talent, like a top six guy. But damn, you know, it's, it's for the Rangers, like look at the look at that top six next season. You have Panarin, Zabanajad, Kreider, Kako, Strom or Heedle, and Alexi Lafreniere. That's unfair. Yeah, that I mean, I don't know about next year that being unfair because we still we have to see how Lafreniere adjusts, and I think Kako didn't really live up to the hype this year personally. But, but like, then he's in Jack shoes, so I think it's a matter of like you know I, a lot of people have been saying this to me, and they're saying like, well, you know, you got to let it let them sit. I'm like, well, Kako was the only guy bes- like that showed up in the series against Carolina, so I already see him be having a better sophomore season. You know, you don't need to touch the first line of Criders, Abanja, and Panarin. Like that, that's good. Like you know they can that's produce. Fine. That's totally fine. But you know, I think you you need a you need another center, and but, but I think with Lafreniere, you have a duo for this decade, and you have a duo for next decade. Like you can have Panarin, Panarin, Abanja will be your you know your two your guy your tandem for this for the future. And then on top of that, you have Kako and Lafreniere, who if they mesh, that's not even counting like Kratzoff or anybody. Like if that group can mesh, this this team is gonna be a probably a Stanley Cup contender sooner than most people think. Yeah, their rebuild 
did not really take that long, which I found surprising considering, you know, the Dolans run the team. <laughs> well, Dolan doesn't touch it. That's the thing. Well, he still, I would think he still has to put some sort of money in it, and he went through a rebuild with the Knicks. Look, look, look at the Knicks. They're still they're, rebuilding. They're trash. Yeah, their rebuild's been lasting like half a decade. Yeah. So credit to the Rangers. And, but I do think one thing that, that might impact this next year is whether or not Lundqvist is there. Because if he's, if he's not there, I think they're I – I feel like he's kind of the, the glue that holds that team together. Like everyone looks up to him. And if he's not there, they're going to have to find someone else to look up to. All right, so now I'm going to play hypothetical. Um, they're going to sit Lundquist down probably. They're going to give him the same talk Florida gave Luongo and say, hey, we need the money that you're taking up. Give us the money and we'll go get somebody. And we can build it and we can just put together this team that, that needs that last step. So I see Lundquist not being here next year. They already said they're not carrying three goaltenders, so he's gone. I, I legitimately think his time is up. And I see them dropping Stahl or Smith or both. And hear me out. Go get a prime defenseman on the free agent market. And there's one name that's on there who would be perfect for, you know, for that Rangers blue line to really like scare the kids into shape, be that top guy and possibly be a leader next to Zibanejad and Kreider. And that would have to, I would, it's going to be Tarasenko. That's who I'm getting at. I think if you want to throw that money, is it Petrangelo? I thought it was Tarasenko on the... Tarasenko's a winger. Ah, no, then it was Petrangelo. Because I remember it was one of the Blues that's a free agent this year, and I forgot the name. So I was like, is it, is it Tarasenko? I was, pl- I was playing NHL 17, so that may have been why I, used, I thought Tarasenko. But no, Petrangelo. I think if you could bring him in with the money then you sh- that'll be nice. But I think even if you don't, you have so many prospects that you should be fine. Yeah, I mean, I think e- even without Petrangelo, because I don't necessarily see that happening. But even without him, though, I think they're going to be fine. Honestly, when you mentioned Stahl, I completely forgot he was still there. Yeah, he is there. He's just, you know, a, a, cap, a cap problem at this point. Oh, I mean, when was the last time he even had a, a productive season? Well, in a- 14. Exactly. It's so, time. Cut it's your time. loss. Yeah. It's been six years. And your defensive core should be fine. You know, you got, you got a solid first two lines. You're going to have to go sign uh, D'Angelo in the offseason. But now my question for you as, as a non-Ranger fan, because as a Ranger fan, I've had to defend my say on this since we've gotten the first overall pick. Do they trade it? Um, would I personally like them to? Of course. Do I think they will? No. Because they know everything that Lafreniere is. And, I mean, they pretty much already asked him, so what do you think of New York? Because everyone just knows, well, he's going number one. And whether it's to the Rangers or wherever, he's going number one. But I don't, I don't know if they can afford to trade him away if they're trying to speed up their rebuild. 
I say no. I think it's dumb if you, you know, go out. You've, you've, the first overall pick has fallen into your lap. That, that's the basis of what it is. Do not trade it. I, I, I think no matter what you like, people are saying, oh, they should go get the second pick and that'd be, you know, uh, the center, uh, Clinton Byfield. And I'm like, that'd be great and all, but Byfield needs to be developed. Lafreniere does not. Lafreniere can jump right in and be possibly a 20-goal scorer right out of college, which would be amazing. And then you could take the pressure off. If he clicks with Kako, then there's no telling what could happen. So I don't think you should trade it. I've heard talks that they said they want to talk to Ottawa, get the third, the fifth, and Kachuk. And I'm like, no, 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 no. It's like Montreal. I'm like, no, don't. Just don't do it. Just do me a favor. Don't do it. I mean, Lafreniere is like, I've seen his stats. He's definitely a slam dunk number one overall pick, but giving up two top fives and your best winger, that's that's a lot. That's a lot to give up for one guy. I feel like they'd probably have to throw in, like, you know, Leas Anderson because he's gone. He's gone after the, if they get Lafreniere. I think that that whole saga has come to an end and they could just ship him off with, like, like, I don't know, Jesper Faust and go get a defenseman or a center. So, yeah, I don't right. think there's way that's happening. But if if the Rangers do, for some reason, trade uh, the first pick, if they don't get a significant amount back, I I think that's the last trade that – who is it, James? Jeff Gordon? It's Jeff Gordon, but I think uh, uh, John Davidson is technically the hockey ops guy because he's. I think well, he's like. Trades. If he, they trade that away, they're gone. Yeah. So all right, done done with the the news. Let's get into how the first round ended up, and um, put him in a crate. See how and let's see how that goes. So the first round up that finished the first team to make it into the second round of the Stanley Cup Finals was Vegas. They beat Chicago in five. That was a decent series. I was a little bit more back and forth than I thought it was going to be, but the outcome was basically what I expected, which was Vegas. In I thought they would have done it in maybe six, but five was definitely what I was happy with. Yeah, I'm not at all surprised Vegas won this series. I was, however, surprised by the fact that the Blackhawks were, were able to keep up for the most part. I mean, most of those games, if I'm not mistaken, were one-goal games. There were, yeah, the Blackhawks only lost by more than one one time. So they they were able to keep up. But the thing that I probably found the most surprising was starting Leonard over Flurry, which, you don't know, get me wrong, he did a great job, but I just I still don't know how you don't start Flurry. <laughs> I, I, you know, I've had to like, I've talked to a few people about this because I've, I've gotten questions about how, like, why would you do that? Think about it for a second. You have the guy who came from Chicago before the pause, didn't really get a chance to ever like, you know, get himself dedicated with the team in Vegas. I think it was once he was picked because it was, um, because the dra- the trade deadline was right before the pause. I think it was a, a week before the pause or two weeks before before the pause. So it it was something like he didn't get a chance to like show what he could do and prove that he could be a start. Like if he was hot enough to be started in the playoffs, and you have the opportunity to play against your former team, which you have to think gives him motivation. 
And if God forbid anything happens, which it did, I believe in game three, you know, Fleury could come in and be Mark Andre Fleury. Like I, that is the ideal thing to have that kind of tandem. And I think with the playing the round Robin and then jumping right into the playoffs, having two goalies, which we've seen in other series really benefits. And I think just starting Leonard made sense against Chicago. Now, if he continues to play against um, either St. Louis or Vancouver, we will see. But I think no matter what, you're good because you have Leonard playing at the top of his game. And if he screws up or something bad happens, you can just put Flurry in and you know what Flurry can do in big time situations. It's the same thing the Penguins did with Flurry. Yeah. And that worked out very well. And they won a cup. So they won two. I mean, yes, exactly. But I think that. Leonard being on the Blackhawks definitely had something to do with it. Maybe it was, I'm sure it was part, partially game plan. Maybe it was partially a little bit of revenge. Maybe. But, I mean, now that he's hot, you can't not play him. Yeah, so I think uh, they'll ride him into until the wheels fall off and see where it takes them because I think Vegas is pretty, probably the deepest team in the playoffs. I think they have the best shot out of the West to, to win besides the other, you know, team who already qualified. And that brings me to the next series. Uh, We had Colorado defeating Arizona. And the best part about this series is Colorado looked decent, but not, you know, world breaking. And then game three happens game three, they lose to Arizona four to two. And then the next two games, I think massacre is um, the right term for that. Yeah, that's, that's fair. Yeah, back to back seven to one victories, and I mean something must have clicked in their heads, or in someone must have said something in the locker room after losing to Arizona in Game Three, but they kicked it into some other gear in those next two games. They're like, we are not losing again i mean outscoring your opponent 14 to 2 in two games that's that's insane it's it's unworldly and i you know all the props to arizona like they they should have not been here i think but i think you know with the run that they had they can make a case to uh keep their keep taylor hall i think is the, is the main thing for them going forward and not only that but you know they could probably i think make a case to be like a, a perennial playoff team going forward. Cause they'd be, you know, you beat Nashville in uh, four, in, I think it was four games like that. That was um, that's big for them. And I think beat it, beating Colorado once beside taking out of, you know, games four and five out of the equation, which was just God mode. So I think Arizona should be fine. Colorado they will beat Dallas. If this team shows up against Dallas, they will beat Dallas. I see them going to the conference final easily. Oh, very easily. Especially since we already know what their first line can do. And they're getting some sort of God mode from Nazem Kadri. I don't know what's happening with him, but we have never, I mean, personally, I don't remember ever seeing him this hot. No, I, I think it's weird because I was I, I was reading a stat somewhere the other day and it said Kadri has produced more 
in just the just the tournament with Colorado than he did entirely in all the playoff runs he had in Toronto. So I, I think it's insane what he's doing, but I think it's also like it's that idea of like a change of scenery can really go a long way for a certain player. And I think Kadri is one of those players who's just been, you know, I can be much better here than I was in Toronto and prove I'm much better than Toronto because Toronto didn't even make it. So, you know, with the craziness that happened in the qualifying round with them, where they blew a three goal lead, they came back from a three goal lead, and then they, sh- they lay a massive egg in game five. So I think he's probably looking at that and like, well, you guys could do that and you guys stink. I can go out here and win a cup with a very solid Colorado Avalanche team. So we'll see who's laughing at the end of this trade. Yeah, I'm sure he'll uh, go back next time he's in uh, Toronto. If all goes well, he'll go back wearing that ring. So so now their opponent, which was Dallas, Dallas played Calgary. And I really did think that Calgary was going to have Dallas's number here, uh, especially after game one and game three. But but you look at what they what Dallas was able to do. They won games two, four, and then eventually five and six. They woke up in game five, and then game six, once again, was just a whole different level. The fact that Calgary blew a, a two-goal lead to a Dallas team who looked completely flat, and then Dallas came out and scored seven, just seven goals. Yeah, I, unreal. That, was, that was insane. I was looking at the score yesterday. I saw it was 3-1 flames in the first period. I'm like, oh, well, okay, this is probably going to go seven. And then the Stars just – turned it on and then before I knew it it was seven to three and I saw this one stat on online that said that they were the first team in NHL playoff history to trail by three goals and then end up leading by four I did see that and I was like wow that's 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 something that you don't see every day and I'm just like yeah if any team would do it I would like I was not expecting to be Dallas because like I really thought Dallas had no place in the tournament they weren't good in the regular season and then they made it in and they got wrecked in the qualifier the only team to get worsely wrecked was st louis and you know coming into a team against calgary where calgary looked really strong in the qualifier against winnipeg and then just getting their asses kicked in that game six was just really sad so we already spoke about vancouver and st louis so we're going to jump right to the Eastern Conference and the games that have finished up there. We're going to start off with the Boston Bruins and Carolina Hurricanes. This, this series had some, some very rough points in it. That game one being pushed back to 11 o'clock, I was so happy I could have brunch with my hockey. But <laughs> Yeah, that was, a, that, was a long, that was a long one after the uh, five overtimes which I knew once that they pushed it back, the, that five overtime game is not going to end that much later after that. Of course, it ends at like 9.30, which is still a relatively okay start time. And they're like, nope, 11 a.m., sorry. No, no, Boys, here's the thing. I, was, I was saying that. I was like, wow, they, they ended at 9.30. That's not that bad. They can have the game. But, like, you have to think about it. They take – they have to disinfect everything. They have locker rooms, benches. They got to clean the ice. They got to change the board, like – if we've noticed, they've changed the boards like with different logos and stuff for different teams, so the home teams um, sponsors can get their money. And I was just like, yeah, that's not that's like an hour and a half of yeah that. So they they were gonna start at like what eleven 
No one was no one was doing that. No, I don't think anybody was yeah. gonna do that. So, but they that but still Boston and Carolina come out in game one, Boston wins four three in double overtime. Because of course there was another overtime game. That that and then they had to push back everything else. They pushed back, I remember they pushed back the Washington Islander game. I think it was game two, it was game one or two, and I was like, Well, that's that's fun. But Carolina was good. Boston was better. The big thing coming out of this series, and I know you're going to have something to say about this, is Tuka Rask uh, opting out of the rest of the tournament. Yeah. uh, When he did that, I mean, me along with everyone else, I was definitely surprised. Um, I mean, I know that he had a family emergency with something going on with his daughter, which they're not going to release, but obviously it's really no one else's business. But I think originally people just thought he opted out because it was right after game two when they, the only game they lost, it's like, no, nah, I'm going to go home. I don't, I don't feel safe anymore or whatever he had said. And I think people were just like, oh, your team loses one game in the playoffs and it's all right, bye. Even Mike Milbury was like that. He, who just absolutely wrecked him on TV. And I really hope that he's like choking on whatever he just, spit out with those words because he was very harsh on Tuka Rask once it came out that he had a family issue. But I think the most surprising thing that I've heard was that he, he might not even come back next year. Yeah. I, I heard that um, after when it happened, I was surprised when I watched uh, game three and I heard, you know, what Milbury said, but that was just a hundred percent uncalled for. I would think as you know, we we both have worked as color commentators and or analysts before and you know that's not something you you take into account i think the fact with the circumstance he should have just said okay fine halak can do it I, there was no need to um trash him the way he did especially because it was a family issue if it was like just a player saying i don't want to be here anymore i i don't feel comfortable being in the bubble i can't like but no it was a family emergency you know, that, that's not – you can't j- just go on a man's li- livelihood with his family. And, yeah, I get it. I, I, I was reading Twitter, like, right after, and all the Boston fans were just really negative. Like, they just crapped on him. And I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't see – I don't like that. Because, like, it, it's not something that you should really, like, poke fun at or say, hey, Tuca, you know – what you being a baby that you lost game two like that that there's no place for that i think yeah especially with everything going on like there's always if someone's opting out there's usually more to the story absolutely and as you said like i read the reports too that he might retire and if you think about it i don't necessarily think that's out of the realm i think for a guy like tuca who he's necessarily he's been the face one of the faces of that Boston team since 2011 and even before that. So I think if you look at him, he's kind of done what he's all he's had to do besides win a champ. Well, he's technically won a championship because he, he was uh, backing up uh, Tim Thomas in 2011. So I think if you look at it, if he goes out like this, people will be very mad at him especially Boston fans, because they are relentless. But I think at the end of the day, they'll get over it if yeah. he doesn't retire. 
how well would that mean for Boston? I don't know. You know, Halak has proven he can he can go, and he's looking like the Halak of old. But I, I'd be very interested to see Boston's you know way about this. And for Carolina, at the end of the day, because you know losing in five games when you could have had the first overall pick. I don't know. I feel like Carolina's in a good spot. I think that they need to get a little younger, to be honest, especially in net. But they played well. I'm not going to say they didn't. I think uh, losing in five games to Boston, who got you got swept by them last year, I think they, 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 they played well. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it was definitely an earlier exit than they thought, being one series away from the Stanley Cup last year against the Bruins and now um, – losing in the first round to Boston. But like, like you said, I think if they, if they get a goalie, maybe, I don't know, Braden Holtby. Could happen. Sky's the limit. I mean, obviously I don't want to see Braden Holtby go to Carolina because I want him out of the division. But if the Hurricanes are offering the right price, he's – what 29 30 he's he's the answer for them if they want to pay him and we'll look now at what Braden Hopi's team did in the first round is they got the Capitals were eliminated by the New York Islanders in five games and I'm just gonna go out a limb here the Capitals you need to blow it up because what you showed I don't care if you took five months off. I don't care if Ovi and Kuznetsov didn't show up. You guys looked like a bunch of old men, and it was not good. Oh, they looked terrible. I am. I did not. Ex- I wasn't one hundred percent sold going into this series that the Islanders were going to win, let alone be a game away from sweeping them. I mean, they definitely should have. They let that game four get away from them. They came out really hot. They let it get away. But, wow, the Island, three of their four wins in this series were by at least two goals. And, wow, the Capitals just looked really bad. I know they had some injuries. Nicholas Backstrom didn't come back till yesterday. And, you know, Tom Wilson being the thug that he usually is, but he usually also produces. He didn't really produce. Three players scored in that entire series for the Capitals. Oshie? Kuznetsov, Ovechkin. That's it. That's not okay. You can't have that. No, you can't. And I think this is writing on the wall. Maybe a coaching change is in order because, and yes, everybody kept saying like, oh, well, they lost to Trotz. Trotz knows the team. Yeah, but it's not just, it wasn't just good coaching that beat this team. If it was good coaching, we would have seen this go to at least six games. But this was just a flat out, like the team wasn't there. And the Islanders just, the speed, the the agility, like they were really good coming out of the the sweet the, the four game win against Florida, and they just put they have their foot down on the gas to prove that you know last year wasn't a fluke, that they could that they can go, and I don't know I think Trotz is really gonna have his his hands full when they play in the second round whether it's against Philly. Or Boston. I feel like they have a better chance of winning against Philly than Boston. Oh, absolutely. Um, but I would be – it's really, really – you know, it all depends on um, that last series because, of course, 
the NHL said we're going to recede, which is the biggest pain in the butt in the world. But, you know, I think the Islanders really proved that they're a team to be reckoned with as much as I hate it. Like I, I can't stand it. I now owe a friend lunch because I, I, I made a bet with her saying, Hey, uh, if the Rangers go farther than the Islanders and, I said that at the qualifying round. So I have, I owe her food. I owe her lunch now. So that, that was, um, that was great. You owe her lunch when the, uh, when the Islanders went to game four. Yeah, basically. In, uh, in the Panthers. So now they're even, it's even worse now, but yeah, I think the Islanders could make noise. It really just depends on who is, they will play. And the last series that is concluded is the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Columbus Blue Jackets. I think to start with this series was the smartest thing the NHL has done in a while. To have them play, open up the playoffs, especially with the history from last um, from last year, was great, and they did not disappoint. Just game – they've pl- they played seven games. Let's, let's be honest they've with ourselves. Played, they they played, played seven games. Yeah. I mean, essentially, five overtimes. That, that game started at 3.30. Yeah. And then it ended at 9.30. That's – and you only had, like, 18 minutes in between. So maybe you had, like, a little over an hour, hour Seth, and a half total. Like, Seth Jones has now played more ice time in a single game than 90% of the eliminated teams in the qualifiers. Seth Jones played three games worth of ice time, three full games worth of ice time. And I think he actually ended up playing a little bit more. That's, I don't know. That's some sort of conditioning that you have and to have that much stamina. Wow. I, I was getting like winded looking at his time on ice. Yeah. And I think the only, this was a great series. I like, I can't stress that enough. This was a really good series. Game one speaks for itself. Game two, Columbus came back and said, hey, we're not done. But after that, they were kind of done. And just, you know what it is? I think this proves that the playoff format, this 2014 format is a little flawed because I really do think by game five, you know, that overtime, Columbus was just done. I feel like they said, you know what? We played five games against... Toronto we'll played five games. We've played seven games basically here. We'll be happy with what we did and we'll go home. Yeah. And they were, it was a very hard fought series. Every game was, except for game two, was a one goal game. It was a very, very good series, but the, the Lightning came out on top. And of course, who else to end the series? Braden Point, who also ended the five overtime game. It's like poetry, it rhymes. Exactly. Everything comes full circle. So we've now seen the first two rounds, first two rounds, air quotations there, for the Stanley Cup playoffs, which I, I got to say, watching the um, draft lottery and hearing Bettman say, oh, you know, the qualifiers aren't playoffs. Yes, they are. Yes, they're, they are. They're playoffs. They're counting to- if your stats count towards your playoff stats it's a playoff game like i don't the, even the ice said playoffs yeah it said stanley cup playoffs 2020 like that that's the playoffs for me so i mean i don't know if the 
round robin was counting towards playoff stats. That I don't know I about. I think that was regular season stats, which I find strange. That but, makes no sense. That's not fair to anyone who, else who's not playing. But then again, but, like it's COVID, like everything's up in the air at this point. But if it's a, even if it's a qualifier, it's playoff qualifiers, like the playoff games. All right. So let's look at the second round and see if we can guess, because I know our qualifiers, I don't even want to go look at my qualifiers for who I picked to go in, because they're all, most of them are wrong. So I had first matchup, uh, Vegas against either Vancouver or St. Louis. I think if they play Vancouver, they'll still win, but I think Vancouver has more to prove. And if they play St. Louis, I, I do I don't think St. Louis I think no matter what Vegas wins this the their series in second round. I think if they play Vancouver, it'll probably be over I think six games. If they play St. Louis, I could see them sweeping St. Louis. St. Louis just doesn't look like the same team last year. I think, you know, we can honestly say that St. Louis may have just been a Cinderella run and do not have the stamina for a for back for a chance at a back-to-back mostly because like if you look at Bennington what happened to Bennington I I have no idea I mean I'm looking at his stats now and it really honestly wasn't until the other day that I realized that Jake Allen was even playing and he's kind of resurrected himself but Jordan Bennington like a four two seven goals against like that's not the Jordan Bennington we saw last season when he first came up he was one of the most talked about players in the league and now all of a sudden he's just like Swiss cheese he's back to being the fourth string goaltender on a St. Louis Blues team that's what it feels like exactly it's almost as if the trajectory Jake Allen was on and the trajectory Bennington was on they switched so who do you think will end up playing Vegas? And who do you think – do you think they can beat Vegas? Um, whoever does end up playing Vegas, I say good luck. But I say try again next year. Because there, no one's going to get that. I don't know about no one, but either of these two teams, either the uh, – who is it? The Canucks or the Blues that they might play? You're not getting past Vegas. It's not happening. I would see maybe they got a better sh- shot against um, against St. Louis personally, just because they're trying to prove that like last year wasn't just like a f- five month hot stretch. But either way, I mean, I say either one of these series six games max. All right, I can see that. So now Colorado and Dallas. This, I can see Colorado winning in four or five. I agree with you that Colorado is going to, that Colorado will end up winning. I think they're just way too hot right now to slow down. And they have just so many good players with McKinnon and Renton and Kale McCarr, even like Nazem Kadri's putting his name in there. I don't see them being really stopped right now. I'll I'll say they'll take Dallas down in six. All right, to the East where it's 
just confusing at this point. You have Tampa. They will either play Montreal or Boston. I think if they play Montreal, they're going to win. I think if they play Boston, it's a coin flip because those, I think, I really do think it is, this entire Eastern Conference is Boston or Tampa's conference to lose at this point because Boston will either play the Islanders or Tampa. If Boston plays the Islanders, they will beat the Islanders. As much as I think the Islanders will give them a run for their money, Boston will probably beat the Islanders and play Tampa. It's Once again, it's a coin flip. And I don't see Montreal going past the second round. I didn't see Montreal getting past the qualifiers. So personally, I mean, I don't see them coming back against the Flyers either. But hypothetically, if they do, their luck's, their luck's going to run out. You have to play Tampa. You're not beating Tampa. That's just not happening. And if the Bruins play the Islanders, the Islanders aren't going to get past Boston. They, they can't win against Boston. They can win against Philly. They took the season series. They swept it. But there's just something about Boston that they just can't keep up with Boston. So, and if it's Boston-Tampa, it like, like you said, either way, I can very easily see it going seven. So the East is a lot more up in so, the air yeah. right now than the West is. Like I was going to say, why don't we guess our conference final predictions, but we can't because we don't even know who it, who it is. We don't. So it should, well, I guess we'll have to wait until the next time we meet up and we'll look over the, who's playing in the conference final. Which will be all in Edmonton, if I'm not mistaken. Correct? Yes. Everything moves to Edmonton. So get Which ready for a lot of late nights. Yeah. You can't wait to start games at, you know, nine o'clock Eastern time and 11 o'clock Eastern time. If you're lucky, that should be fun. Yeah, that's get, – get the coffee ready, East Coast. You're going to need it. We're going to need it. So with that, we will see you all at the end of the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Enjoy whatever hockey you have left and stay safe.